0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers
2: uh, yeah, I suck. Everyone else on the team scored, <laughs> except for me. No, that you know it means a lot to me for them to keep me in at the end of the game there and try to get me that record. But hey, I'll take I'll take a huge win.
1: Christian McCaffrey on the effort yesterday to set the all time record for touchdown scored in consecutive games.
2: Oh, Don't you were get get getting started. a little nervous. Don't get them started. Don't get me started. Uh, they're going mean, to get hurt. They're going to get hurt. Well,
1: I know. I understand. It There's was. a point it risky. where, yeah. When, yeah. especially when your team consists of a bunch of psychos in a good way, Yes, guys who right. roll out of bed right. and run through a wall, yep. and sometimes the wall wins.
2: Yeah, right.
1: And we just get everybody back healthy for the 49ers. Yeah. Debo Samuel, back. Trent Williams, back. Christian McCaffrey, healthy. Two weeks to rest up. And you're going to get caught up in some stupid-ass, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. They didn't think it was. Meaningless. <laughs> As they've been hanging around John Harbaugh. Is this consecutive wins in the preseason? Uh, <laughs> is this consecutive games with 100 yards in total team rushing? What the f- I, I mean, seriously, <laughs> why are you risking the guy who is the straw that stirs your milkshake? Yeah. Why are you risking this guy— for that why why winning is fun this stuff isn't fun if it gets christian mccaffrey injured yeah and that would have been the lead of the show if he gets injured when they're dicking around excuse wow. me at hello the end, london at, sorry london <laughs> when they're dicking around at the end of the game hello, trying Liverpool. to give this guy a meaningless touchdown he gets injured and we are killing kyle shanahan today and he should be as criticized, almost as criticized for letting it happen and taking that risk. He's playing Russian roulette yeah. with
2: his franchise, yeah.
1: and it's it's inexcusable to me.
2: Well, listen, it's risky, but I have done it. No, okay, you know, it's part of what the 49ers are, though. And you talk about that, you know, renegade psychos in a good way. That's that's pedal to the metal a little. It's what makes all gas, day, no right? brakes. Yeah, well, there's a reason he can't There's a reason there's bricks right? But <laughs> but but you know, I I think one Shanahan is been around football his whole life so there's a respect for history there I also think McCaffrey is a little like that as well you know you make history but you know you make history you win Super Bowl I hear you I hear it so I'm with you in that it was risky thank God nothing happened but yes to be up 34 to 3 give him the ball a handful of times at the very end when the game was totally over yes was scary and And I certainly wouldn't have done it um, but they did and they got away with it
1: as much as I respect Kyle yeah The reality is, he is prone, and maybe this explains why you're his friend. (laughs) He is prone to doing dumb shit, right? The super genius. Maybe that's why he's my friend. Got this weird (laughs) blind spot where he'll just do dumb stuff like let Steve Wilkes send everybody after the Vikings on, you know. the the last All play out of the half, all-out yeah. blitz, and they get burned for a long touchdown. Like, he's got these weird little misfires in his brain, and maybe that's one of the products of a highly functioning brain. There's going to be a misfire from time to time. I just think that he would admit, if he had to, I shouldn't have done that. There's I would nothing I would, to be I would gained hope so.
2: by doing that. I would hope so. I don't know if that's one where McCaffrey was in his ear. You know, I, I I don't I don't know. So like I don't know just, but, that's where the
1: coach has said Christian, yeah, Christian.
2: Yeah, we we just got everybody healthy again, right? And our ability to win
1: the Super Bowl is going to rest on keeping everybody healthy. But that's not how they think. That's the problem. In their mind, that's a loser's mentality because they're like the. You know, we, we, we use the Tasmanian devil comparison for a lot of guys in football. Yeah. Their whole team is that. Is that bzzz exactly bzzz, you know right. and they don't, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care if they get injured right. along the way. They just, yeah, and as soon as they're healthy, they're going to zzzz all over the place again. And they get
2: injured Oh, yeah, well. We don't remember that last we all over the place again. Right. Hey, well, the one thing to that point, I think that's going to be a good learning tool for Jacksonville and getting their butt whooped yesterday. They're going to realize, whoa, their ability, the 49ers psychoness, Tasmanian devilness is on another level. And if we want to go to the Super Bowl and that's the intensity you got to have, then we got to up our game. So I think that's a learning experience for them. Yeah, you make the point, yeah, they just got healthy. And they, when you see the 49ers healthy on the offense, Offensive side of the ball. When Shanahan can play, you know, Kittle and McCaffrey off each other and then Debo off of McCaffrey, and then you sprinkle in some Brandon Ayuk, they're extremely tough to defend. You know, that's where Shanahan is so great. Oh, here's a run to McCaffrey. Here's a run to McCaffrey. Oh, I'm going to keep it out the backside, and now we're going to run, you know, uh, a bootleg. Oh, touchdown. Here's the run to McCaffrey. Here's the run to McCaffrey. We're going to fake the run to McCaffrey. I'm going to toss it to Debo Samuel, who's going to come around in the reverse, right? Second and one. To your point, Tasmanian Devil. The hell with running it up the middle. We're going to take a 40-yard shot down the sideline to George Kittle and score on a huge touchdown for a 66-yard touchdown pass. Uh, But yes, when Shanahan has his crew healthy, Trent Williams healthy, uh, we saw that uh, they are certainly one of the most explosive, physical, dangerous teams in all of football.
1: 34 to 3. Just as the Jaguars had ascended Uh into the upper echelon of the National Football League, they get a huge dose of reality. And I like your take that they got a glimpse of what they're going to have to become. If I'm Doug Peterson today, that's my message to the team. Let's watch this film. Look at what these guys do. You guys want to be among the greats. Right. You've got to take the talent you have and you've got to attach this mindset to it. Yep. And you've got to go out there and you've got to... Tasmanian devil yeah. your way through Work your Work yourself
2: opponents. up to another level of intensity that you, you didn't realize you got to get to to play with the cream of the crop in the NFL. Yeah, and that's what the game felt like to me. It felt like, you know, of course like you said, they're healthy, they're coming off a bye week, they're pissed off they lost three in a row, right? They got Chase Young. That's a little bit of a bump on that side of the ball. They got all these things working there, and it felt like from the get-go that the 49ers were playing and fast forward and Jacksonville was like stuck in mud. I mean, they were winning the physical battle. They were flying around the field. Uh, the thing I saw on the defensive side that I felt like changed, Wilkes, we know Chase Young, they came out Starting, and I think you heard me say this when the game, I was going, man, the 49ers came out with 5D linemen. You know, so all the little issues they've had in the secondary stop in the past, they basically said, eh, up yours, we're not going to give the quarterback enough time to throw the ball against our secondary, we're just going to cause issues that way, but I thought they did some different stuff with their alignments up front that caused problems for Jacksonville. We know they got a front four that is special, I mean, there's a three-man rush where they meet at the quarterback, the two Ohio State guys, you got Eric Arnstead and Hargrave in the middle, right? And I just thought I thought Steve Wilkes, like, this alignment here, Mike, right? I saw more of this. We don't know who's blitzing, who's coming. There's a guy on the edge. There's two guys in the middle, right? Just to create a little advantage for your defensive line and confusion for that O-line. That's all the 49ers and Steve Wilkes need. A little illusion of complexity. A little make the quarterback think just a little bit more. Those are the things they were missing. And then their talent on their team. I mean... You know, you, you heard Jason Garrett yesterday, right? Jason Garrett, who's coached the Cowboys, was on the greatest team maybe ever in the 92-93 Cowboys, he's turning around a few times during the game going, damn, don't they look good? Holy cow, don't they look good? The 49ers, the 49ers, you know, they have a look test when they're playing their best football, that is, right? I mean, you just go, wow, I don't know if anybody can play that level of football.
1: That's what makes it so stunning when they lose. Exactly, right. And when they lose three in a row yeah. and lose by 14 right. at home to cap it. Yeah, and. I suspect it was a long two weeks for them of licking their wounds and searching their souls, but getting themselves healthy so they could Tasmanian devil their way through the Jaguars. And I don't think the Jaguars ever really knew what was coming. And I think the fact that they were getting a team that had lost three in a row maybe made them not as...
2: Yeah. Urgent. Prepared right? yeah. for
1: what it was. Right. That Yeah. Okay. We're but, good, yeah, too. Lot, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was a lot of Yeah. yeah maybe it's just a lot of hype. And yeah, come on. We can. Yeah. We're good, too. Yeah. They found out that they got some work to do to be on the same level as the 49ers. We showed you the touchdown pass earlier that started the scoring. Right. On the day. Brock Purdy rolling to his left. Find a little time. Throwing into the sea of hands. Yeah. And here's Kyle Shanahan from after the game on Purdy's play and specifically his decision to throw that ball where he did when he did it
2: yeah that was honestly one of I can say this because he played his ass played well but that was like one of his worst decisions I think he's made since he's been here and it took me a while to get over it but I thanked him for the touchdown but that that was not a good decision and he was fortunate with it but um, he made a lot of really good plays. And if you are going to make a bad decision and it's still a touchdown, um, in the grand scheme of things, he can tell me it was a real good decision. But uh, I know we can't. Yeah, he knows that. He he knows what he did wrong. But you uh, made him right.
1: They say it's better to be lucky than good, but good prevails over time. It's yeah. better to be good because good is going to save your ass. That was when he threw that. I was like, Oh, oh I no. did too. I did too. Oh no. Hey, the too two on. weeks off hasn't done anything to right. make this guy any better. The the chariot has gone back to pumpkin and then that ball just floats over everyone's hands and ends up in Brandon Ayuk's.
2: Oh, it, it's it's really I mean Kittle and Ayuk are both in the same spot. I questioned who he was even throwing to. I wasn't even sure who it was, right? But there was yeah, some people there, some Jacksonville Jaguar defenders there where Yeah, that that one, I'm sure, made Shanahan a little uneasy, but... Brock Purdy, I think, has taken a little more criticism than he deserved in that three-game losing streak. I know he made some critical mistakes, but as I told you, in the Bengals game, he made some throws and plays in that game where I went, that's as good as I've ever seen him throw it or make plays there. Hopefully, this gets him back on track. The big thing that happened to them in the three-game losing streak, right, was they were unhealthy and they asked too much of Brock Purdy. This is the right mix here. When they can run the ball, not ask him to throw the ball 40 times a game and carry the team, this is where he really shines and... We'll see if they can continue this dominance there. But, yeah, like you said, Jacksonville never could get going, never meant the the intensity of the 49ers, and Trevor Lawrence was uncomfortable the whole day.
1: And the 49ers weren't content to stand pat with that defense. They knew they needed some improvements. They knew they, made it, uh, they needed to make some changes. Steve Wilkes coming from the booth down to the sideline. Right. That clearly helped. Definitely. And it wasn't just some random decision that was made. It's a fundamental difference in the existence of a coach to be – positioned in the booth watching everything unfold and having more information on which future decisions can be based about how you're going to attack a team versus being on the sideline where you don't have the same perspective but you're able to communicate and communication was the word that came up last week. He wanted to be able to communicate with his guys better and whatever it was It worked, and we know how sports are. When you find something that works, you don't change it. You keep doing it. What was happening before wasn't working. This worked, so you keep doing it. It helped that they got Chase Young. And there was a report yesterday morning from Shefty that they had looked into Patrick Sertain of the Broncos, Jalen Johnson of the Bears, Montez Sweat also, and they ended up sending the third-round pick conditional third round, not comp- compensatory, not conditional, compensatory third-round pick yeah. to Washington for Chase Young. And I poked around a little bit because we were talking about that whole right. what they tried to do to get certain. The Eagles were in it too, and it was, as it was de- described to me, right. both the Eagles and the 49ers were like, we don't want the other to get him. Like an arms race. Like we can't like we'd rather he just stay in Denver. Yeah. If anybody's gonna get him, we want it to be us. Right. And at the end of the day, the Broncos are like, hang on. Yeah. Hang on.
2: We gotta salvage our own season here a little.
1: Yeah, we we're not trading this guy. Right. They'd have to be completely blown away. And maybe it'll happen in the offseason, I don't know. Yeah. They'd have to be completely blown away to move on from a guy that they regard as a cornerstone player of their franchise. But it's just it's just funny to see that the Eagles and The 49ers. And and look, they're the two – you can put the Cowboys in there now too. Yeah. Because when the Cowboys are firing all cylinders, they can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. And if they're playing at home, they beat everybody. Right. But Eagles 49ers and then a little half-click Cowboys, a little half-click Lions. But it's Eagles 49ers running that conference. I
2: I think so. I think when we look at them playing at their best, those look like the two best teams to me. You know, They've all had their little hiccups here and there. But, yeah, Hey, listen, that Jacksonville team that I look at and go – uh, there's not many weak spots on that roster. They got talent everywhere, and the 49ers brought it to them in a big way. You know, and hey, the NFL is crazy too. You know, it, it's the you know we saw on there. They got down there close to make the game interesting. It's 20 to 10, right? I believe it was 20 to 10 and drove down there. Or, no, no, it was good. they were going to try to make it 20 to 10. It was 20 to 3. Christian Kirk fumbles, you know, when they're down there close to scoring a touchdown. They had another drive where it was second and short and they were in field goal territory on the 49ers. And Trevor Lawrence threw a bad interception to Hufunga. Uh, so it was just not a good showing by Jacksonville. But agreed with you, and San Francisco at their best, the talent on their roster, the way they play, the way they're coached. I think Wilkes. Being on the field to your point, you have a feel, you don't overreact as much, you know, you get a feel from the players a little bit about how they feel during the game. There's a different aspect or look you get from the game on the field as compared to up in the in the box, you know, three hundred feet above the field there.
1: Peter King made the Jaguars in his preseason predictions the number one seed in the AFC because their schedule is not yeah. daunting. Right. And the 49ers game was one of the remaining, wow, uh uh-oh, maybe we have a problem moments on the schedule. But you know what? As we look forward, all of a sudden that schedule – it's funny how the season unfolding can take a week's schedule – and make it look not so weak, right? They've got the t- t- the Titans at home, t- 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 Titans at home next week. But then yes. they're at the Texans, who already beat them by twenty in exactly Jacksonville, Exactly right. right? So that isn't a road apple game anymore. No. Then they got the Bengals uh-huh. on a Monday night, right? And we know who the Bengals are and what the Bengals are. Then they got to go to Cleveland. Yes. You want to go to Cleveland in December? Do you want to go to Cleveland anytime and play the Browns this year? I don't think no. so. Oh, and then they got the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, Week no doubt. Fifteen, no doubt. So. If it really isn't as easy as it looks. The last three games at Tampa, Carolina, at Tennessee, okay. Yeah, favorable. But you got to get there. I mean, they they could find themselves losing the division to the Texans. Yeah.
2: Well, you can certainly see them losing three out of the four of those games you just mentioned there, right? And go, well, that's not crazy to think that they lost to the Bengals, the Browns, and you know, the Texans and maybe beat the Ravens or whatever, however you want to put it. But, yeah, that's what's it's going to be dicey down the stretch with some of these AFC football teams because they're all playing each other. And I think we have a good chance of, like we kind of talked about before the year, of seeing a team where, in the AFC this year, where we can go, that team could have won the Super Bowl and they might not make the playoffs just because of how talented the conference is.
1: That just, uh, November 26th game, week 12, 1 o'clock Eastern, Jaguars at Texans is critical too because if the Texans complete the sweep – oh. It's, then they win if they're all tie-breakers, you know, they, they, they win the tiebreaker, right. they win the division. All right. they have to have is the same record as the Jaguars, and they yeah. win the division. So uh, Jaguars have reason to be concerned, not just because they lost, but because of the way they lost. Can they pick up the pieces and get ready and maybe learn, like you said, that lesson, which will come in handy, not this week against the Titans necessarily, but at Texans, Bengals, at Browns, yeah. Ravens, those right. four games that are really going to define – Are they ready to enter the conversation? They've entered the conversation of the elite teams in the AFC. Are they ready to stay there? Are they going to surrender their grip on it? So a lot to be learned about the Jaguars coming up in the next few weeks. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return.
2: Oh, when we return, it's going to be the greatest segment in Mike Florio's life. That's right. Did you see that smirk there? He couldn't even contain The, gra- the greatest
1: segment will be the Monday after they win the Super Bowl, <laughs> if I live uh, long enough. That, that will be a They might be segment. broadcasting from my final place yeah, of burial. It will
2: be on your gurney somewhere. That yeah. would be something. <laughs> if
1: I was able to contribute from the other side of the great beyond, that wow. would probably
2: do some views. That, w- that would be. It would be a first, yeah. at least as we know Let's we'll take
1: a break. More PFT Live right after this. One, well, not a first. Ah, magic you you're right <laughs> what do you say right here fellas i think he knows just about every one of your names by now okay. all right story, i can get used to giving this guy game balls each and every sunday proud of him just up kevin <laughs> o'connell giving out the game balls yesterday I love watching the Kevin O'Connell handing out the game balls in the locker room because the way that the players respond to him, he's just got the right touch. He does. And he communicates so well with the players. He's got a very
2: appealing way about him. He's very self-aware. Yeah. He doesn't like, come off as soft as doing, doing that either, right. right? There's the right sternness about it. He knows when to
1: get pissed because yeah. he was pissed last week against the Falcons, guys getting hit in the head, K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison. He was pissed. He was animated. He was fired up when they won that game. Right. But it's kind of like he he just gets it. He understands. You know, it's a long season. He understands you're going to have some calls go your way. Yep. Calls not – go your way. Days go your way. Days not go your way. But they're trying their damnedest to build something, to win every game, to take it one game at a time. But man, to start one and four, to dig that hole and to just one at a time. One at a time. Yeah. 5-0 and o without Justin Jefferson. Right. 1-4 with right. Justin Jefferson. Right. 5-0 and o without yeah. Justin Jefferson. Yeah.
2: Team sport. Shows Unbelievable. You. Got a lot and, of examples of that in the NFL right now.
1: And, and it's – he's got a great system. Look, right. I feel like it's in the best interest of the Vikings and Kirk Cousins to continue their relationship next year. But like so many other things that will reveal themselves in time, we'll know – by whenever the dust settles on the Vikings season, yeah. what next year brings. Right, And they shouldn't be premature about it. They shouldn't make it. I, I, I'm thinking back to the 98 season when they got all jazzed up about Randall Cunningham. They gave him a five-year $25 million contract, which was a lot at the time for especially a guy that had been cast out of the league. They're picking him over Brad Johnson. Well, yeah, you know, and right. by the next year he was benched for Jeff, Jeff George. Right. So, you got to be careful about making broad decisions. But Josh Dobbs is giving them a factor that they didn't anticipate considering. Going into the year, my thought was, okay, they're just going to try to get their young franchise guy, their Fran Tarkington's going to be there for 10, 15 years, and the Kirk Cousins injury happens, Josh Dobbs falls out of the sky into their laps, and he's been great. And he looked like a guy who had the benefit of another week, a full week, to get to know everybody's names, to get to get comfortable with everyone. He played so much better yesterday than he did against the Falcons. The only only issue was... Once, uh, once Jameis Winston was in the game, and Jameis gives no F's and starts throwing the ball all oh, over know, the place, I it know. made for an interesting finish. That's
2: right. I, t- I said to you, I said, "Oh no, Jameis is in, Floria. You don't want that. He don't care. He's just gonna fire that thing. He's the most dangerous guy to face in this situation." But like, blown away by Josh Dobbs is an understatement. I mean, it's an understatement. I don't even know what to say about not only but him and, and like you're talking about with the Vikings in general. Now at one and four. And in two and four, we did see things of gone, Minnesota's actually playing better football in totality than they were last year, right? You know, and I think at one moment we were like, they're two and four, and I actually feel like they're better than they were last year. They just messed things up a lot, had that fumble disease early on in the football game. Defense is damn good, like we're seeing with Brian Flores, but. I mean, O'Connell, I just thought they were dead in the water. A team that is one of the worst in football running the ball, and now you're going to bring a guy in, you know, it's rookie quarterback. Okay, what if Dobbs plays? Who cares? It's not going to be that much better. And, I mean, yesterday it looked like he had been the backup in Minnesota for four years and knew the offense like the back of his hand. I just, you know, you go the first drive. Okay, it's the first drive. They get a field goal. Second drive, they go down. You go, oh, okay. You know, O'Connell probably got a few more tricks. They can't keep doing this. Next drive, march right down the field. He makes more big plays. Hawkinson scrambling. I mean, he did it with his arms and his legs during the football game. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. It tells you how smart he is. It tells you how good O'Connell is, like you're talking about. And you guys got some mojo working up there in Minnesota. Well, and that
1: running know. game's starting to fire yeah. up a little bit, too. Yeah. Ty yep. Chandler yesterday had one That's touchdown That's Dobbs run. will help. Had another one taken off right. the board by a holding penalty. Yep. He had uh, – Dobbs was almost the leading rusher by both teams by one yard. I thought he was going to be – it was 66 last week, 44 yesterday, but Chandler ended up with 45. And – uh Alexander Madison got banged up at some point yesterday. Cam Akers is out for the year with a torn Achilles. But, uh, yeah, if Dobbs is bedeviling defenses with his throwing and his mobility, and it's amazing how he, how he
2: moves. He's fast. Faster than – he catches people by surprise. Yeah. Breaks more arm tackles or people holding on to him than you would expect to, right? He's fast. He's elusive. Yeah. He's
1: agile. His touchdown run was a thing of beauty. And the scramble drill – And I I was surprised when I talked to T.J. Hawkinson about this because I would have thought I would have heard this at some point. He and Hawkinson work out in the offseason. Not because they're teammates, obviously. Hawkinson's in Nashville. Josh is a Tennessee guy. And Hawkinson said whenever Josh would text that he wants a throw, he'd always go. Throws a great ball. You know, so got to know him that way, and yeah. when Josh starts running around, Hawkinson knows, go find a spot, and they've got that existing yeah,
2: little connection feel for I mean, each just, other. Right. When you
1: have familiarity with somebody, yeah, right? Especially when you walk into a team where you have no familiarity with anyone hey, I know this guy. I throw passes to him in Nashville in the offseason. Right. He kind of gets how I move. Yeah. There's something – I mean, there's something there's real definitely to that. There's tangible to that. When very, you have that very. relationship, when you've seen how a guy moves, when you anticipate when he's getting ready to throw you the ball, right. that just makes it easier for everybody, especially when he doesn't have that connection with anyone else. Yeah.
2: No, I think that it is real. It is. And then there's, you know, you know like you say, just, hey – when you're a TJ Hawkinson, you go, Hey, wait, this quarterback knows me a little bit and all that too. You start to look for the ball. Cause you go, wait, I got, you know, he feels comfortable with me. Let me make myself available during this scramble drill. He, you know, and he's, he knows he's being looked at by a guy that goes, wait, I know you, I know how your body moves. So I feel very comfortable throwing you the football. Uh, but I mean that, you know, Flores, uh, th- this is one where, I, you know, I-, I guess I didn't, I wanted to see the Josh Dobbs hype train, One more week before I bought in. Uh, I'm still blown away with how good it looked there yesterday. And then, you know, Minnesota's defense basically, you know, shutting down New Orleans early on and Derek Carr knocking him around. And that, that same offense is still, I mean, they don't run the ball that very, very well. It's dink and dunk. Pass offense is basic West Coast stuff and I know Brian Flores and that defense were all over some of those concepts and the Saints offense could never really get going until late in the football game.
1: Well, but once Derek Carr got injured, it changed the dynamic for everyone. Yeah. And Carr got high low. Oh, I he mean, took a big and, one. And there's one angle of it where he just disappears from view. Yeah, right. It's like you see cartoon. him and then you don't. Right, right. Yeah. There, like, like there should be a trail behind after he's gone. Like, like there's a little wisp of a cloud after he's gone. There it is. My God, it's painful to watch it. Daniil Hunter, clean hit, but he suffered a concussion. Right shoulder injury, I'm told they believe they avoided a major problem. Same shoulder, got injured back in week three, avoided the major problem. Then, so they'll see. They're going into their bye week, which is good news for them. It's the perfect time for the bye, I was told. It gives him a chance to come back. Dennis Allen said after the game, no quarterback controversy. Derek Carr is the starter. But when Winston came in, down the field, touchdown pass to the back of the end zone, Chris Olave, great Job by him of getting both feet down because his second foot was almost on the foot of the right, defender. Right. But he got the the toxic black pebbles at the bottom. And then this one, this one, Jameis run around. I mean, come on, where, where's the where's the pass rush? And he fires it all the way across the field. <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: Uh, oh, that's when you went, uh oh, I don't know. Maybe the Saints are gonna make some magic. Well, yeah, because that makes it a one-score yeah, game. Right, that's what we were talking right, about
1: earlier. Yeah. 27-3. Oh, they're kicking the crap out of them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The two-point conversion, divide, carry the one. That's three scores. It's like baseball. If it's baseball, it's 3 nothing. If it's soccer, hockey, it's 3 nothing. Okay, and we saw touchdown, two-pointer, two-score game. Touchdown, two-pointer, one-score game. What the hell? I mean, this is one of those where you take off your shoulder pads at halftime and just go chill. (laughs) This was supposed to be a blowout, and they had to – I mean, we see that from time to time where it looks like it's going to be easy, and then all of a sudden it's not. Can you answer the bell? And the Vikings defense, couple of interceptions down the stretch. There was another one that was – it wasn't dropped. It just hit the ground. Cam Bynum had it. But the they, – they, the def- that's the story of this team. That's the difference, Chris, de- de- between different. the 2022 Vikings and right. the 2023 Vikings. Right. We were talking about this earlier. When a defense is great and the offense is bad, all you hear is how bad the offense is. When an offense is great and a defensive is bad, it's like, wow, that team's exciting. Yeah. Well, the defense sucks. Right. They'd be better if the defense wasn't ass. The Vikings defense was ass last year, and this year Brian Flores has turned them into something, and they're getting better every week. You can see it every week. And, and again, we got a long way to go. Long way to go. But they've already come a long way defensively, and if they, if they stay defensively on that trajectory – who knows? Who yeah. knows? That's the that's the fun of this. We don't know Texans. Maybe it'll be a Texans Vikings Super
2: Bowl. I don't know the way. You know, you just don't know. No, you don't know. Crazy. You're right. You're right. Uh, listen, there, there's there's things to admire. I would have thought there's no way Minnesota could actually get into the playoffs. Now you look at them and go, damn, the way they're playing. If Dobbs keeps this going, okay, you know, maybe maybe they got a chance to win a game in the playoffs, make some waves that way. We'll see where it goes, right? We know they still got what two matchups with the Detroit Lions, so it's not like the Lions got this thing in the bank yet, as far as the division goes. Uh, that'll be interesting, but still, with 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 what you know, Dobbs is doing, Kevin O'Connell coaching them up. Flores on defense, like you said, they're a more complete team than they were last year. Last year it was just relying on late game Justin Jefferson Kirk Cousins magic. You know, this year you feel like they have a few more avenues to to stay in the game and it's not necessarily all dependent on just big plays in the pass game.
1: Vikings are currently a half game out of the 5 seed. In the NFC, the Seahawks and the Cowboys are both six and three. The Vikings are six and four. They hold the seven seed right now, and there's some separation that's building it is. between the seven seed and everybody else. But we know how quickly that can change. The Vikings have a shot at catching the Lions, though. The Lions seven and two. Vikings six and four. They play two out of the last three weeks right. against each other, right. and the Vikings have Broncos next Sunday night on NBC and Peacock. The Bears the following Monday night to cap Thanksgiving weekend. Then they have their bye. Then they go to Las Vegas. Then they go to Cincinnati. Yeah. And then it's Lions, Packers, Lions. Right. So you got six wins. I mean, at this point, they should win enough to qualify for the postseason. They should. Whether or not they do, who knows? The question is can they take the division? That's the
2: question. Yeah, we'll see. Could they steal the division from the Lions? Detroit's schedule is similar to yours, guys, down the stretch. They
1: got one tough game. Other than the Vikings, that Vikings is getting, you know, it looked like, eh, now it's like, hmm, they got the Cowboys week 17. Right, right. They should win every other game. Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings, that's going to be the test for the Lions at the end. Yeah,
2: we'll see. Uh, I I certainly, hey, the, the way the offense, Dobbs proven me wrong, You know, what Kevin O'Connell does on the offensive side of the ball, the defense being a pain in the butt there, they certainly have more than a fighting chance right now to get themselves into the playoffs and do something really miraculous as far as I'm concerned because I I thought they were dead in the water once Kirk Cousins went down with that injury.
1: And one last point, too, because Vikings fans are now starting to worry that Brian Flores is going to be a head coach somewhere else next year. He's still got that lawsuit against the NFL. And I hope that somebody does the right thing and ignores the lawsuit And makes a decision about who the head coach of a team should be solely on merit. But there's so many viable candidates, it won't surprise me if he gets passed over because at the end of the day, even if you're not supposed to consider it, even if it makes things worse in your litigation that you're defending against this guy, he's still the guy that sued club oligarch and all the oligarchs join arms and they red rover you into oblivion once you've done that. So. Hopefully, he'll be the exception. That'll be something if he becomes a head coach. I think it would be a sign that the NFL doesn't quite operate the way I think they do yeah. if they would break that norm and somebody would give Brian Flores a head coaching job. I mean, the Steelers already crossed that boundary yeah, by giving him right. the job, right. and then the Vikings making him the coordinator. Right. They probably got some some you yeah, know side, eye side eyes yeah. at the league meetings. Right. You make a guy head coach when he's been the one who filed that, that seminal – landmark race discrimination lawsuit with Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton as his co-plaintiffs. So it, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. it. May, but it may be undeniable what he's doing with this defense. Yeah, I, it I, may I, be something where you say, I don't care. I just want to win football games. Right.
2: Now, there's some good assistants out there this year. We know there are certainly uh, you know big-time head coaching candidates. But uh, what we, we saw already, first off, he was a pretty damn good head coach already in Miami before this. And, yeah, I, I think that you will find teams where – Uh, they're going to look at him. He's been too impressive to everybody that's ever met him in the interview process. And I just feel like it's only a matter of time before he becomes a head coach once again. I mean, why wouldn't the Patriots be thinking about bringing him back? Yeah. I hear you. Right. I hear you. I I know that it's
1: kind of like been promised to Gerard Mayo or whatever. And the seems that way. everybody that covers a team thinks that it's going to be Mayo, but there's also a point where it gets so bad and and this could hurt flores as well yeah they don't want anybody they don't want any patriot way uh, we're we're going a new way patriot ways over i think that
2: could be dangerous too exactly right
1: all right break time we mentioned the lions we'll talk about how they managed to
2: outduel the
1: la chargers on sunday when pft live continues right after this
0: bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Here we go. Final play of the game. Lions going for the win. 41-yard field goal attempt, hash left side. McQuaid to snap. There it is. Fox the hole. Patterson the kick. It is up and it is
0: good. he got it. That's a victory for the Lions on the final play of the game. And what a game it was.
1: Let me just say that for the first time ever yesterday, we started seeing this angle behind the kicker on a consistent basis. We saw it in the NFL Network game. Colts Patriots. Yeah, I just love getting that look. It gives you an idea of what the kicker is dealing with. Yeah, I hear you there. You know, it is a great, great angle we saw in the long kick that was attempted, I think, by the Patriots. High snap. Yep. Yeah, and it just gives you it just gives you a greater appreciation of what that play is all about. You don't need any other angle for that. All you need is that big giant yellow U, and you see the ball, and you can see if it goes through or not. Yeah. I, I think that should be the default angle. Use sky cam. We were having the conversation in the control, in the viewing room yesterday about how, I know, different sky cams, you can do different things. But get that sky cam down there. I like it. And, I like and, it all give except us that on really shot.
2: long field goals. Yeah. That's where, because like, then you don't know, like, I think they showed, in one of the games yesterday, they showed that angle. It was a really long field goal, and I went, oh, man, right down the middle, and it was like five yards short. It might have been the game in Germany. The Colts, didn't they attempt a really long field goal at one point? Uh, but they were showing it behind. I'm going, oh, man, he knocked it in. And they're like, oh, and he comes up short. You couldn't tell there, I think that's you know I the mean? one
1: where it was the high snap. I guess that's the down. one maybe I'm thinking I about. Maybe yeah, you're
2: I can't right. I don't we watched so much damn football together. There. But that was a, this game yesterday it was exciting. If you like points and plays and yards on the field, that's for sure. Well,
1: and I'm going to sound the alarm here a little bit for the Lions.
2: Yeah, go ahead. They need it.
1: Because yeah. they had two weeks to get ready for this game. Right. Chargers played last Monday night yeah. in New York. Right got you know a physical yeah. tough game right offense was stifled and yep. stymied by the jets guys banged up a little bit more Got to fly back across the country. Short week. I don't like this scheduling clerk. We were talking about it not long ago yeah. with somebody else. Where bye weeks and Monday. Yeah, night you games. got a bye week, and then you got a team coming off a Monday night game. It's not fair to the to the Chargers. Man, they answered the bell. And where's the Lions defense? Yeah. It Thank shouldn't those 49ers have been You were
2: talking about. Yeah, yeah, right. that's what right. it was. Yep. It
1: shouldn't have been right. It shouldn't have been like this. It shouldn't have been so close. It should have been the Lions throttling the Chargers stifling and stymieing the Justin Herbert-led offense. That's what surprised me, and I assume that stadium was full of Lions fans, right. and they were using the silent count on offense for L.A. I think, I think what happens in SoFi Stadium, because of that roof, it's so loud, both teams have to use the silent count yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. But I, I just I think that it's alarming if you're a Lions fan that it was as close as it was, and that they gave up as many points as they did to the Chargers, given the broader circumstances. By week for the Lions, six-day turnaround, cross-country,
2: tough physical game against the Jets. They shouldn't have scored that many points no, against the No, I Lions. think the jury is out still on how good the Lions' defense is. We know it's better than last year. That, that's for sure, right? For, but, but I think the thing we can question is, you know, having played a lot of great offenses – and offenses with firepower, like Seattle, scored thirty-seven. We know Mahomes and you know uh, Chubbs Tony dropping all those catches in the first game certainly left some plays on the yard, right? We know what the Ravens did. Uh, I've I've had a few conversations about this on my podcast because the Lions, you know, their fans they always tweet into me, "Hey, what's our defense doing? What's your blah blah blah?" Right? Well, I mean, we'll hit on the offense in a second here, but the defense, Mike, to your point and the concern is one: there's a lot of good. There's not a lot of great, right? There's only, to me, one blue chip I can make a superstar play every game type of guy, and that's Aiden Hutchinson. There's a lot of other good guys in the front seven, but not guys that just go, oh, wait, he creates chaos and makes plays and Fs the play up like we talk about. He, to me, is the only guy on that end. The other aspect of this, and this is something I've I've hit on a few times, is they – We've talked about the Chargers. They got big receivers who don't separate, right? Didn't matter yesterday. Detroit doesn't like to play man-to-man. They don't play man. To me, it's one of the issues with their team. So now you're talking about they don't have a – Big-time pass rush as a unit, and then you play zone coverage behind it all the time, and you got to play a guy like Justin Herbert, and Kellen Moore is a pretty damn good coach, and those receivers got a good feel for where to sit in the zone and how to attack it in there, and that to me is one of the things to watch out for with Detroit here. I do think they're a you know blue chip player away in the secondary from being real good. They've played a lot of bad offenses in the NFL this year. I think that's led to maybe a better statistical ranking than what they got. They need Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. I think that'll help them, but the defense to your point I think is the main concern with Detroit. No doubt about that.
1: And you know we mentioned that schedule uh, not a lot of great offenses in the coming weeks. They've no. got the Bears at home Sunday. Right. Then they've got the Packers for the Thanksgiving game right. at the Saints. Yeah. Who knows about the Saints at that point? Yeah. At the Bears, Broncos Week 15. Then it's at Vikings at Cowboys. Vikings yeah. to end it's, the season. It's your, and, like
2: you said, not great offenses there. Those last three games. Though, that'll be the. That'll that's going to be the test. Yeah.
1: And for a game like yesterday, whatever the Chargers did, you know when it's time for the Vikings and the Cowboys to play them let's look at that film, let's see what the Chargers did, and let's do some of that same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 you know, zig, based on whatever zag they think we're going to do based right. on that stuff. But regardless, that becomes the foundation for trying to crack the code on the Lions
2: defense. I, 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 there, there's certainly going to be some of that, you know, no doubt. I think the, the, the other aspect or the thing you know that's going to help them out is what we saw yesterday is just how good – when their offensive line is healthy – which uh, they're, they're pretty close to what their original unit should be there in Detroit and how the season started. You see yesterday, I know this Chargers defense isn't good, but it had been a little better as of late. They couldn't stop any aspect of Detroit's offense at all. I mean, the two-headed monster that they got at running back behind that offensive line, that's dangerous. Jameer Gibbs is starting to look like, I know Montgomery had the better day, right? But that was because of the 75-yard touchdown. On carry-per-carry basis, Gibbs is somebody that, he catches your eye, right? I mean, to me, he does. When he has the ball, I go, holy crap, who was that guy flying up the sidelines there? You couple that, the offensive line, the run game, Goff being one of the best play-action quarterbacks in football, they got a great play-action attack. And then you got Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Laporta, right? And, you know, Brock Wright, who's a good, damn good tight end there. De- Detroit's offense is going to have to be the star of the show there. And we'll see what this Detroit defense does down the stretch. But certainly letting up a few too many big plays here uh, the last few weeks. We'll see where it goes.
1: Three Lions rookies have generated 400 or more yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns in a three-game span. Jameer Gibbs this year. Barry Sanders in nineteen eighty nine and Billy Sims mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty. So pretty good company yes. for Jameer Gibbs so far. Along the way to that last second victory, yeah. there was a decision made by Dan Campbell to go forward on fourth and two from the Chargers twenty six with one forty seven to right. play. Now, it's a makeable field goal. The issue is how much time do you leave on the clock for
2: Justin the Char- Herbert who'd yeah. be moving the ball on us all and, day? And this too. is this
1: is like analytics time, like Percent chance winning if you kick the field goal, make it, and give them the ball versus percent chance winning if you go for it and don't get it. Yeah. What's your percent there? And there's the play. Shotgun formation. Jared Goff finds Sam Laporta for the first down, and it allows them to milk the clock down to the final seconds for the game-winning field goal. So a great decision by Dan Campbell. Gutsy decision by Dan Campbell. Let's hear from Jared Goff after the game on Dan Campbell's decision to go for it on fourth and two.
2: With our guy, I kind of lean towards we're going until he tells us we're not. Um, and, and that's not just in that situation. That's kind of in every fourth down that we, we get. Um, and had a good feeling he would go for it, just like that area we were in. We kind of wanted to get an extra five or ten yards to secure it, as well as I'm sure in his head he didn't want to give Justin the ball back with a minute and a half. So there was many factors going into that, but yeah, he's got he's got big balls and he showed it there. And uh, it was uh, it's a lot of fun when he puts the ball in our hands to to make the play.
1: Wow, that didn't get bleeped. I thought that was going to get bleeped. Not with all, right? all your not without your
2: dirty mouth not here today. <laughs> well, a lot of
1: times the, when they have a chance to bleep yeah. it ahead of time, they right. do because they have to bleep us anyway. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't bleeped. That's what he said. That's what he said. Uh, but, but, yeah, this is where the influence of analytics, I think, makes sense because yeah. you have to think about not just – what happens it's if the I don't for make the game. Yeah, yeah. And, it? Yeah, yeah, all it. Yeah, I mean, if, I'm if usually was, for kicking hey, the
2: field goal. That was one where I went, was. 6-6. I get it. If
1: right. it's six six, you kick the field goal. Exactly. When it's 38-38, right. And it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. The up quarterback's down. grooving on exactly. the other
2: side. Exactly right. That's what we talk about. It's a, it's the it's the, it's that it's your example you gave where you go. Wait, this is a field goal, you know, field position territory game. Yeah. Why are we going for it now? Last
1: night, Jets-Raiders, right. you kicked the field exactly goal.
2: Exactly right. Yeah. It's in that type of football game. But I think yesterday, Dan Campbell was four for five on fourth down. Gamble's there. You know, so they were hot that way. The one they missed early on in the football game, I did not agree with that. It was 10-3. to three. They had just intercepted Justin Herbert, had the ball in the short field. Come away. Go up 10 points. He went for it. They got stopped. You know, Either way, it didn't matter in the big picture of the football game. But, yeah, they keep the pressure on you. And with that offensive line, when they get into <laughs> – you know, third and five or less, they got two plays and they can run the ball on third and five and also, of course, you know, throw the ball and be aggressive off of it. But they got a lot of different ways to beat you because Ben Johnson's extremely creative. They got a lot of different run game schemes they hit you with. They got some playmakers with the ball in their hands. If they can get Jamison Williams, their first round pick from two years ago, really going, I think it'll take their offense to a whole nother danger level. Uh, As far as that's concerned, but damn, they look good on that side of the ball yesterday. The
1: Hunters have become the hunted, though, and it's going to be interesting down the stretch. They're going to get everything that their opponents have each and every week. The Lions have that shine now to them, and it culminates in Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings, the final three weeks of the season, right around Christmas time and New Year's. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it unfolds. Let's go ahead and take a break. Superlatives time for Week 10. And I'm going to find a way to wedge in what happened yesterday morning in Germany. Okay, there's nothing superlative about that. Right. but I'm going to find a way to get say it, it in, in German.
2: There. Whatever your superlative, is, superlatives, look it up. And I get don't to say know any German. German curse well, you have a
1: Google. I know all the Italian curse yeah. words. You I know a hear few a German
2: curse words. Well, yeah, let's we'll talk them? about them during <laughs> the break. We'll be right back. we go the snaps good the ball's down the kick is up and the kick is good and the Cardinals win it 25 23 welcome back Kyler
1: Kyler Murray back for the Cardinals Arizona getting their second win of the season taking down the Falcons I can't figure out the Falcons it just feels like the Falcons are falling apart yeah it really well, does yeah
2: it, it's 2023 and when you can't throw for 100 yards in a football game. It's hard to win in the NFL. I mean... We talk about it all the time. You know, as much as you want to run the ball and do that, there's D-Lyman growing on trees everywhere. If you think you're just going to run the ball every game on everybody with no help from the pass game, that ain't going to work this day and age. And that, again, continues to be the problem for the Atlanta Falcons.
1: All right, Superlative's time for Week 10. You're up first, and I have a feeling it has something to do with the clip we just saw. It,
2: it does. I mean, you, you sure – I'm going I'm to call it the – you sure you want to draft a quarter, another quarterback award or superlative? That's what I'm going to go with there, Kyler Murray. I mean, hasn't played in a little less than a year. To look the way he did, it was uh, I'm not going to say as shocking as Josh Jobs and what he's doing in Minnesota, but still shocking. I mean, one and the way he threw the football, I was impressed with that. Great control. He made a lot of good decisions, other than his one interception. And I'm not sure his tight end didn't kind of screw him over in that. His speed, it's still special, right? I mean, again, he has some attributes about him that you go, uh, all right. I don't, you know, you could draft a quarterback from college. He might be better, but I, I don't know. Is he going to have more talent and special skills than this guy? Big throw there late in the game. The Trey McBride is becoming his go-to target. But uh, I just, Kyler Murray, to not play for that long, be in a new offense, execute that way, had some drops in the game that certainly went against him, too. You know, we know his scrambling and running is going to open up the rest of the offense. You know, him with Rondell Moore and and Trey McBride and Michael Wilson and Hollywood Brown, it seems like they have people around him that would make sense for his offense, right? So, uh, impressive win by him, but way to go for Kyler Murray to come back and, and win the game in, in that fashion. This
1: is a complicated, delicate balance for yeah, the Cardinals to really take in a bunch of different factors. Is he our guy for the future? If not, what do we do with him? If he gets injured at some point, right. like he did last year, they're on the hook for millions in injury guarantees that have yet to vest but will next year while he's injured. So they've just got some stuff they got to figure out. And just go figure it out. Just embrace it. This is it. They've already given the guy the big contract. Let's just go forward and see what we have with Kyler Murray. And what they got yesterday was a victory. Yeah. All right, the um, first one for me, and this reminds me of an old joke it's i don't think it's inappropriate jesus is golfing you know this joke jesus is golfing and he hits one into the water and he walks out on water to reach down and get it out of the water. And somebody says, Hey, who's that guy I think he is? Jesus says, No, he thinks he's Jack Nicholas. Anyway, who do you think you are? Dan Marino? <laughs> That's good. And I said this yesterday as the play was happening. Right, right. When Bailey zappy does the fake spike, I said, Who does he think he is? Dan Marino? Yeah. And he throws it, as Jason McCordy said, into a team meeting of Colts. It's like, Nope, he's not Dan Marino. Think about this the guy gets put into the game for the last drive. And, like seven, eight years ago, we would think there was some master Bill Belichick plan that they had practiced this over and over again for this moment. And they're going to do a fake spike with the backup quarterback who knows how to run it to perfection. No, I felt like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. I felt like the whole thing was a crap show. It was embarrassing. And I don't know who in the viewing room said, hey, is he trying to get himself fired like George Costanza? And, you know, you hear kind of that kind of, like, joking, but is it it like he really just kind of sticking it to Bob Kraft at this point? Like, what's going on with Bill Belichick? The whole thing was weird. The benching of Mac Jones was weird that late in the game, and then that decision to do a fake spike with a guy who presumably has not been practicing fake spikes or much at all in the two-minute drill – out there doing it the whole
2: thing was weird to me Uh, it's been a lot of curious decisions the last few years you know i don't know if it's you know ego you know total just loss of feel for the nfl whether it comes to the offensive coordinator things last year right some of the decisions that have been made in personnel you know lack of wide receivers or speed on their football team the way they've handled the backup quarterback situation all year. None of it makes sense. None of it seems like Patriots. The Patriots, like, I never would have thought that that's something Bill Belichick would do there yesterday. He, first off, never makes it about one guy, really, right? It's always like, stay the course, on to Cincinnati, Uh," right? I mean, to think, okay, first off, you're going to put Bailey Zappi in that situation, who's not overly talented to begin with. He hasn't been in any situation like that all year long. Right. He's also a guy that to your team, they're going, what do we even think of Bailey Zap? We, we've what cut him twice during the year. He wasn't on the active roster one week. Right. I mean, he's barely looks like he's been able, capable of being the backup, you know, for just lack of better options. They've stayed with him there. That was crazy. I know that Mac Jones interception was horrible down the stretch. But to think Bailey Zappi was going to come in and lead you down on a touchdown drive late in a football game in Germany when, like, to Devin McCourty's point, probably hasn't run the two-minute drill all year long, uh, that, I just can't even believe Bill Belichick would do that. It was shocking to me. The interception was horrible.
1: The drive before that, where he had a guy at the goal line, guy at the back of the end zone, and it almost got picked off yeah. again. Right. That was horrible. The whole th- Everything about it, yeah. Everything about what yeah. the Patriots are doing now right. is just confounding, confusing. All the way back to, in the second quarter of the game, doing an all-out punt block with no one with back no to field the back, punt and gave right. up 19 yards of field position. Point? It was a
2: field position game like right. we were talking about just a minute ago and, and you know, having a feel for yes. to go for it, yeah. not to go for it. That made no sense to me at all.
1: I don't know what's up with Bill Belichick. I know Robert Kraft was on NFL Network yesterday before the game. I've never been two and seven before. This isn't what we expected. He made it clear back in March they want to go to the playoffs this year. Playoffs obviously aren't happening at two and eight. I don't know how many they're not going to get to seven wins. He wants seventh Super Bowl. They're not going to get to seven wins this year. No. I really do believe we've got to take a break, but I believe that they're getting the word out now of where this is going. They're not going to fire him. They expect one of these desperate teams, mm. one of these dysfunctional teams that's smitten tickets. with the idea of right. Bill Belichick, whether it's the Buccaneers, whether it's the Commanders, the Panthers, because who the hell knows what David Tepper's going to do at any given moment. But somebody's going to get, ooh, we can get Bill Belichick. Let's give him a second-round pick for Bill Belichick. Let's give him something. And then they avoid owing him a penny. They get something for him, and they move on with someone else. Not an easy thing to set up. And I have a feeling it will be set up before we get to the end of the season. Oh. And it just kind of unfolds once you activate it after the season because you have to do a full search. You've got to right. comply with the Rooney rule. Right. The Patriots have to have a plan to pivot to once they get a phone call. I, I just think that's where it's all heading. He's going to be coaching somewhere in, someone else next year, and the Patriots going to get something in exchange for him. That's what they're trying to set up. Wow. And I think without that, he'd be fired today. Yeah. Without that, well, I think he'd be gone
2: today. I, I, would, I would hope they wouldn't, I would hope that he's done enough to not be fired. Right. I'll be interested to see if that happens, what you're saying. I could certainly see some people take the bait or want to do that or make that move. I also would say to that, I would go, why? 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 What he's running an organization here in the last few years. There's been so many like, and you know, there's been so many skeptical moves that we've talked about, and even more than we've talked about in this segment. And then I think you add on to that and go, Wait, how much longer is he going to go anyways? I think most people that know him think it's only going to be a year or two more anyway. So do you really want to go all in, trade assets to get Bill Belichick, and then he retires after next season? I, I don't think that's the right move either. He wants to catch Don Shula. Yeah,
1: that's that's widely
2: believed. Yeah. but you're right. Are you getting
1: a 10-year ten ter- ten commitment? But, but again, you say, like, look at the Buccaneers. They just want to fill their stadium. Their stadium was empty yesterday. Yeah, right. They just want people in the stadium. Yeah. And they, they've they chased big names in the past. Yes, they have. And, if, hey, if it doesn't work out, we'll go chase another big name in the future. All right, we're going to take a break. When we we'll return, the Raiders move Antonio Pierce to 2 and oh. We'll talk about Sunday Night Football when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Self-inflicted wounds. Uh, same story as the last couple weeks. Um, we
1: got to figure it out. Figure out how to stop shooting ourselves in the foot when we get those opportunities. I thought the offense moved the ball really well. Um, had five shots in their territory. Came away with four field
0: You're just not going to win football games.
1: Robert Sala, coach of the Jets, after last night's 16 to 12 loss, when. When Tony Dungy said that Saleh had told him first one to 20 wins, somebody said, "Were well, they going to play two games? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's getting 20 points last night. I had 12-10 Jets. The, the Jets had a shot at getting 20 if they had scored on the Hail Mary and gone for two for some reason, which they <laughs> wouldn't have done. But regardless, they had an opportunity. They've had a couple of games that came down to a Hail Mary, the game against the Patriots where the ball was almost caught. Yeah. Right? It glanced off of Garrett Wilson's shoulder and was almost caught by Randall Cobb. That one was—it was still kind of close. Oh, it was.
2: First off, it was some throw here. Oh, it was great. Running left out of bounds and throw the ball sixty yards down the field across your body that way, using
1: the umpire as a pick on the way, which is very savvy. But yeah, that's a you know that wasn't crazy, and that we'd have led the show with the Jets miraculously beating the Raiders in the latest edition of the Heidi game and they're five and four and look at that there's an there's opportunity there it's just when those games end with a Hail Mary that fails it's so abrupt and I almost wish that they would like let's show five angles of it let's look (laughs) for interference like why do you have to go (laughs) I know the game's (laughs) over and they're waiting for the late local news but let's let's see you know there's that's a compelling moment that is just oh well game over, see you later, see you next week for know, Broncos Vikings. Yeah. That's not a criticism. Everybody does it that way. Yeah. It happened with the Buccaneers Bills game right. a couple of weeks ago. Right. It's just it's just so That's abrupt. It's just you. done and yeah. it's gone. It's right. like
2: what just happened? Well, people only make noise about it when they think there's defensive pass interference, right? right? That's the other problem, too. Like, right there, I'd go, well, Garrett Wilson just climbed over the guy on the Raiders' back. It wasn't quite like Golden Tate it.
1: in the Fail Mary yeah, game. Right, but, yeah. but
2: Like, nobody ever complains about that. And everyone goes, well, the offensive player just did that. But the Jets, Robert Salah said it right. There were some encouraging things on the offense. Zach Wilson's late-game interception was a killer. That really hurt, right? They moved the ball. He threw the ball well pretty consistently through the night, but they can't score freaking touchdowns, the New York Jets. And then their run game, you know, it, 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 it's its just too few and far between. It, Zach Wilson leading the team in rushing, which he has a number of times this year, but that was a bad moment right here if you're watching. You know, driving the ball, look good, you know, certainly have a chance to maybe take some shots in the end zone and and misses Lazard on a little just like – stick route and Spillane does a good job of just reading his eyes the whole way uh so that was a big moment in the football game and the Jets defense we were talking during the break too they got to be disappointed too let Josh Jacobs and that offense run through you guys like that in the second half of the football game special teams gave up a big return so people blame Zach Wilson but there's other issues there too
1: I think to at a certain point that defense just can't keep Going. no when the offense the damn isn't breaks, doing anything right. you just get to a point where it's like we just right. can't do this we can't hold this any longer yep. something's got to give offensively and what could give aaron Rodgers told melissa stark he's targeting mid-december i was fishing around about this yesterday i mean basically it's got to happen by week 15 or it's not going to happen yeah. and they got to be eight and six or seven and seven yeah, then and right now they're four and five and they got right. the bills and the dolphins coming up they could be four and seven yeah Two weeks from now. we got to take a break. Our 92nd Monday Night Football preview, if we have that much time, when PFT Live continues right after this. Monday Night Football. Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. The Jenga Tower. Will it be standing tonight? Boy, they lose to the Broncos. They got a problem. But the Broncos have had 15 days to get ready. Yep. They beat the Chiefs the last time we saw them. There's a little right. swagger, a little bounce in the step, a little confidence. Hey, it's football, it's on TV, and we're getting into the weeks where you start thinking, oh, crap, it's going to be gone. Yeah. We, we got to enjoy these Mondays right. and we're Thursdays. past the halfway Sundays. point, right?
2: Yeah. I know. I, I, I'm. I'm. Hey, this, is, this is. This is still like we talked about to start the show. It's Sean Payton. It's Russell Wilson. It's all that extra time. You know, it's recalibration, right? You're catching the Bills, kind of. Yeah, not playing their best football. Vance Joseph and the Broncos defense had played good right before the three games before the bye right? Russell Wilson's been taking care of the football. The Bills, the offense, it's a little all over the place. We know the defense with the injuries is not quite a stout. I think they're going to make it uncomfortably close.
1: Sean Payton was talking about this on Saturday. For him, Monday Night is a big deal, and I think he's trying to make it a big deal for the players, yeah, too. So. Right. So, yeah, right. That gives him a little something. Definitely. At to home in
2: Buffalo, be crazy.
1: See you tomorrow morning. Enjoy the games. See ya. Or game.